There's so many great small businesses. Um, and I think it's really important that we all support each other in any way we can. And Helen will be telling us more about her business later in the show. Welcome to The Verb. This is a magazine-style business show, and the idea is to provide a mixture of discussion, interviews and advice, while showcasing the brilliant work of SMEs and micro-businesses in rural parts of the UK, with a small leaning towards the north of England, which is where we're based. If you know me, you'll know I'm really passionate about helping small businesses access all they need to grow and thrive, and I look forward to doing so through this podcast. I also run Dale's Business Women, and you will hear from members of the network through these Last month, our guest was based in Aberdeenshire, and today's guest is a lot closer to home to me and lives in Wensleydale here in the Yorkshire Dales. Our guest, well, he's a social entrepreneur and he had a massive impact on many families and communities during the last lockdown. Here's what happened when we caught up. So joining me today, I have Jonathan Greenwood. And Jonathan is actually quite local to me and lives just about 20 minutes away. And he has been doing something, wow, absolutely tremendous over the past year. You know, he looked at lockdown and he said, we're not going to be defeated, but I'm not actually going to say anymore. I'm going to let Jonathan introduce himself and tell us more about what he does. So Jonathan, over to you. Hi, Sharon. Thank you. So uh, my name is Jonathan Andrew Greenwood, and I'm the founder of Group Hug here in Leyburn. And Group Hug is a social enterprise designed to bring an app to market, which is going to come to market towards the end of summer. And last year, when the pandemic hit, uh, I took it upon myself to uh, decide to create a scheme to deliver goodie bags to the vulnerable. Um, We raised some money through fundraising, crowdfunding, sponsorship of businesses, and all told, brought nearly 2,000 goodie bags to the vulnerable people of the Dales here in Wensleydale and Swaledale. And also to um, key workers like Fire Brigade and shop workers and the NHS staff. Brilliant. Wow. That is um, that's quite a feat there. So you said you took it upon yourself. Um, What was the motivation for that? Well, with the with the app, Group Hug is all about mental health. It's all about helping people free their minds. So when the pandemic hit, I knew exactly what would happen when you tell thousands of people to basically lock yourselves inside your house, uh, you're not going to mm. get that that one-to-one connection anymore. So it came, a, it, it really came from that point of view, really, where these people are going to need a little boost. And even if this is just a tiny little bag with some eggs and some biscuits and some sweets in it, mm. then that was enough to uh, to give a boost, really. Yeah, I mean, but it's quite a boost, though, isn't it? Two thousand people. I mean, you know, there's there's a difference between maybe organising something quite local in your local village, but I mean, you know, you really have, you really, really went for it, Jonathan. So, you know, there must be uh, like a really deep sort of motivation in you to support those around you. Yeah, that's right. And um, <clears throat> we're talking about two thousand, nearly two thousand bags, but that actually went into two thousand households. So if you imagine some households have just got one person or there's a family in there. So actually mm-hmm. the knock-on effect 
was far more than 2,000. But yeah, uh, I started with a target of 250, <laughs> and that grew to <laughs> 750 very quickly. Uh, and then we reached 1,000, um, and then we had a second round of funding from North Yorkshire County Council, from the councillors from their locality fund, and a few more sponsorships locally from Campbell's here in Laban um, and myself. And then we delivered the extra sort of eight, 850 bags as well. Yeah, so I don't know. It's something I like doing. If I'm going to do it, do it right. I can't miss anybody out. So <laughs> stopping at 250, we were going to miss out uh, nearly 700, you know, 1,700 people basically. So Wow, yeah, yeah. And you used the word um, so vulnerable groups. What, what does that entail? Vulnerable groups to... To, to me in that project in, in itself was anyone who was over 70 or anyone with underlying health conditions, uh, new mums, um, anyone who's on um, long-term sort of medications like chemo and things like that, or mm. an NHS worker. Uh, that was no. the that was the sort of the, the, the category of the vulnerable. Not that yeah. the NHS workers are vulnerable, but they were in that they were in that category. Yeah, yeah, okay, and I, so I guess it's quite a broad, um, maybe a broad group of people who potentially wouldn't be able to get out as easily as others. Is that what would you say that covers it? Yeah, that was right. So when when lockdown took place, um, even people here in the dales, in the little villages, dotted around, people like getting out and talking to people just on the on the street. Of course, mm. we were told to stay in the house, so. I knew that those people would become extremely vulnerable at that point just from lack of communication with even even a neighbour down the road. Um, it all stopped with immediate effect. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And so what was the response to this then? The response was absolutely unbelievable. Um, it was received just from every part of the Dale in every village it was nothing but thanks and praise from people. It really touched people's hearts. Uh, I actually got uh, many handwritten letters uh, coming in to me. In fact, sometimes not even addressed to my address. They just put Jonathan Group Hug and put a stamp on it. And it <laughs> believe it or not, it actually turned it up found to its my way. house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not surprised. Okay. And so, okay, so this a year ago, so let's go right back to where are we? Um, the 20, was it 24th, 25th of March? What, this wasn't your plan per se, obviously we're just gone into lockdown, but you had, you know, you had plans to launch the app, which obviously is happening this year rather than last year. So how did all of that fit into your overall ethos and and what you do generally and what you're about as an organization? Well, uh, as an organisation, we're here to, to to help people free their minds. So obviously, the development of the app stopped with immediate effect because uh, it affected everybody in the world, um, which, of course, just delayed it purely by an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't sit around and do nothing. So being here to help people and help people free their mind, uh, the goodie bags came out. So it, it's all about giving kindness, giving happiness. My way through the app is to give happiness or kindness or a response of some description through the app. So it's text chat through the app. And of course, we can't do, couldn't do any of that last year. So I had to find another avenue to, uh, to, to give some kindness out, really. Yeah. Okay. And tell us more about this app. How does it work? How will people be able to access it? That sort of thing. 
Yes, yeah, so the app will be free to download and use. As a customer of Group Hug, um, you would download it. You would look for a group uh, that would uh, identify something that that you can identify to uh, with. So we've got a few groups like Help for Farmers or Let's Talk Family, which is just generic, basic, covering every topic you could ever think to do with a family. Or we've got uh, Peggy's Ear, which is covering menopause caused by anxiety. Uh, or, I'm sorry, anxiety caused by menopause in the family. So that's open to absolutely everybody in the family. So it could be uh, sons, daughters, or even husbands, not just um, not just the lady of the family. So there's a wide range of groups there, and um, you would you would basically look for a, a group. Uh, you go through a few questions to get into the system, so we can assess uh, what sort of status you are at, and then you'd be transferred across to a live volunteer. And it's text chat. It's not physically talking. It's text chat, just like you would do on your phone if you're on Messenger or WhatsApp or any of the standard chat systems. But crucially, it is confidential, it is private, and it is well secured. Make sure your privacy is really looked after. And that's really where all the time is going into the development. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a little bit like a digital Samaritans or something like that. That's right. Uh, but we're not here for crisis management, really. We're here to, you might be at home, you might be having a bad day, uh, you might have a leak in your sink, and you might just, you need to talk to somebody. So, you know, you could get onto Group Hug, look for, say, Let's Talk Family, ask to speak to a volunteer if there's any available online, and just thrash out what you're having a bad day. Sometimes that release of something right in the middle of the day is enough to... Mm. Uh, to help ease the pain that you're going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess as they say, a problem shared is a problem. No, that's not right, is it? I'm gonna. <laughs> that's really embarrassing. A problem shared is a problem halved. I think. There you go. So I, I was on the right, right lines. So I should have just carried on going, but there you go. So I guess yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of power, isn't there, in talking? And I guess sometimes having that anonymous, you know, face on the other end of the, you know, of the, the phone. I guess you know, if you're texting or you know writing can just make all the difference yeah sometimes it's nice to have somebody who's a bit separate from your situation to to talk through things with that's right and if we ever get anybody who comes through who is um who's vulnerable and needs some some safeguarding some help and, and signposting then we would signpost them for help so we would encourage them if it was something to do with say a mental health issue they were feeling down and they had done for a couple of months and would highly recommend that they they push into going to see the doctor mm-hmm. if they don't want to see the doctor because a lot of people in that point of view might go oh no I don't want to do that mm-hmm. well okay then is there a local person that you could contact with you know you can put all your confidence in that one person you mm-hmm. really need to start talking to people uh, so identify someone and and open your heart out it's signposting them helping them to go and look for help we can't help them we're not medically trained we're just here to listen to free your mind to signpost you in the right direction and give you that space that you need right there and then in the middle of the day or night when you want to really just talk to someone yeah yeah it's great and i guess you know so obviously we're we're based rurally and this is a rural business uh podcast so from that point of view how difficult or challenging or easy maybe has it been to bring all this together like i know you're working with 
like local volunteers. And even if you look back at the um, the goodie bags you gave out, you covered uh, a lot of mileage, even for the, the 2000 people that you, you reached. That was done over quite a few miles. So what have been some of the challenges um, with putting this together, but maybe some of the challenges that you might think are unique to people in rural areas as well when it comes to mental health? Well, putting it together, like you say, we travelled many, many miles delivering those 2,000 bags. We used hubs in the Dale, so every sort of village entity had a hub, so we'd do a a mass drop. But that really showed you how working in rural places, how widespread people are. Now, likewise, on the app, um, if you consider something like Help for Farmers, here in the Dales, we're surrounded by farmers. Some of them, um, I'm looking right the way across Wensleydale right now as we speak, and I can see three or four farms. Some of them are literally three or four miles away, hmm. yet they're in the middle of nowhere. They're in Coverdale. And how often do they actually speak to people in a day? So I think from a rural perspective here, um, the, the receiver, the customer um, coming in to chat on Group Hug really can benefit because if they've got wi-fi connection or internet connection or 4g or 5g then they can make contact um with regards to volunteering um with the app being internet driven and that's the power of having an app and 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 it being internet driven you can be located anywhere and volunteer for us it doesn't really make much difference our training would still be done by video directly They'd still have peers and buddies to talk to, uh, so they're not sat there in their own house feeling all lonely doing this job. Um, It's going to be very well orchestrated and very well controlled, managed, and full training will be given to absolutely every single volunteer. Fantastic. Thank you. And you you said that you partnered with over... Is it over 80 rural businesses to, to do all the different things you're doing? So both for the app... So that's the fundraising, but then also in terms of the goodie bags. So you're, you've got quite a good grasp on um, rural businesses. And just from your point of view, how how have you found working alongside these businesses? Because obviously you've worked with rural businesses and more sort of urban-based businesses. How have you found that? So after the goodie bags, um, we needed to start raising some funds to get the app um not the app itself but the volunteer program to market which is you know covering the hr and make, making sure that the volunteers are all looked after so that required um raising funds so we came up with the idea of selling sender hugs so the sender hug card and therefore i approached local businesses here in the dales scattered in every corner of the dales and they were thrilled to help a local cause that's starting here in Wednesday. That's the key thing here is we're starting here in Wednesday, but we will breach out further and further. And eventually the aim is to go nationwide here in the UK. But we always have to start somewhere and we always have to start local. So why not in Wednesday in a rural place? And the businesses, 82 of them so far, have just literally put themselves behind the concept and the idea and have gone out there to raise money for the volunteer program. Mm, so what sort of businesses are you working with? Absolutely everybody from um, corporate businesses like the co-op in, in, in Laban or larger supermarkets like Campbell's in, in Laban or 
to the candle factory in Wensleydale or butchers or pubs and small shops, coffee shops um, in Hawes, in Askerig, in Reith, in Arkengarthdale, in um, Swaledale. A, a huge variety, but the, the smaller businesses really do just decide with immediate effect, yes, we like the sound of this, we're going to back you, we're going to help you. Yeah, and what does backing it look like? like? How can a business get involved in that way? Well, there's two ways they can do it. They could either um, host our sender hug cards, uh, sell them on our behalf, and uh, and obviously give the takings back. We then recognize them on our website. Or secondly, they could actually create a group hug product. So we've got several out there. We currently have a group hug coffee uh, with the Alchemist Cottage in Hawes. We have a group hug mm-hmm. candle with uh, white rose candles in Wensley. We have a group hug chocolate bar from the chocolate factory in uh, which is run by inspired chocolate in laban so it's quite easy for a small business to um, put a product in there and donate some of the profits we all we've also got uh, fizz who uh, launched last year they're in um, west witten and they have a group hug lavender bath bomb fizz where they donate some of the profits. We've also had butchers creating a group hug sausage where they literally give a pound (laughs) for a pound. Every pound of sausage is sold, he donated a pound to group hug. It's a fantastic advert for local rural businesses as well, isn't it, and independent stores? Yeah, I mean, I am just blown away by the the effort that people have put in because – because it is local, it's going to help local people. There was no question at all from anybody about not helping. They were all, yes, what could we do? And I think they like the idea of the buzz that was going around at the time and they like the idea that they're also aligning themselves to a, to a really a very good cause, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah, that's no, brilliant. I mean, all you've done today it just sounds, yeah, it, it just sounds over and above. You've done, yeah, you've done incredible. And also, just from knowing you, I, I know that you've done an, an excellent job as well. So, um, so yeah, I'd like to just turn our attention, if you like, to you. <laughs> so to to Jonathan, the businessman. Like you, you refer to yourself as an entrepreneur. I know that although this takes up a lot of your time, this is by no means the main thing that you do. So just tell us a bit about your your business background and what else you're doing, and yeah, how that's fed into this project. Yeah, so I. I... I'm currently a software consultant, so I operate all around the world, helping businesses bring software into their uh, businesses, ah, but, especially, yeah. but especially around the telecoms market uh, with software telecoms. So what used to be switches, physical metal boxes, our telephone systems nowadays tend to run on software um, in servers, in data centers. So, yeah, that's my main job. That takes up a lot of my time and group hug probably takes up the rest of the time (laughs) Uh, and I don't really have much time for anything else afterwards. Well, okay. So I'm guessing it's your software skills that have fed into creating this app. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Right at the very beginning, actually, the idea came from a a farmer who I met through uh, social media and Instagram called Victoria Dimond. And she wanted to put a telephone service together uh, a little bit similar, helping farmers, basically. And after quickly analyzing it, realizing that, you know, it was huge costs and fixed locations required, 
I then went away a little bit disappointed that I'd let her down with her answer or the answer that she really wasn't looking forward uh, or looking looking for, which was basically don't bother. And a couple of weeks later, I then decided, well, hang on, this could be done in technology. This could be done in an app. Uh, one of the one of the stoppers for Victoria was you'd need a location to put a telephone system into. Well, when you've got an app and everything's over the internet, volunteers don't need to be physically in a location. They could be doing this from their home or from their work on their coffee breaks or even at lunchtime or sat in the car or if need be, as Victoria wanted, sitting on the tractor and doing the job of group hug. So my experience and background from software kicked in immediately and it was it wasn't long to realize that this could be done properly through technology and through apps but then the designing came because you can chat to anybody all day long on all these apps that are out there but when you're doing it in an organized way like this and you've got third party volunteers chatting that needs to be done in a controlled way so that we control the quality of the calls and make sure that customers are safeguarded yeah yeah and that makes a lot of sense okay so jonathan you've You've shown us that, you know, you are a get up and do it kind of guy. You're not going to sit there and think about it and try and work out every, you know, small detail. You're just going to go and do it. So what advice would you give to other people who perhaps, you know, that there are things they want to do, not necessarily business related, but maybe community focused or, or you know, something that, you know, is using their hobby to help a local group of people. What's your advice for people who want to do that when maybe, uh, from the onset, the logist, uh, logistics just look a bit ridiculous. I'd actually say just go and do it because uh, if you don't do it, you'll never know. Uh, it's really as simple as that. Uh, lots of people have got lots of great ide- ideas out there. Lots of people have got lots of ideas of helping other people. And when they maybe get to the door and they touch the door handle, they might stop and think, hmm, Shall I really bother with doing this? No, I tell you what, it's easier to stay in. So go out of your comfort zone, get out there, talk to people, share your ideas and try and do it. Because if you don't do it, you'll never, ever know whether it would have worked or not. And trying and it not working is not failing because it takes an entrepreneur many times to try before they get the winner. Now, this is this is something that's really interesting because uh, maybe even more so with COVID, um, entrepreneurship has definitely become uh, maybe more popular. But this idea of failing, you know, it's like entrepreneurship and failing, they really are simultaneous, you know, entrepreneurship, risk-taking, failing. But we don't really like that, do we? So it's funny how people want to go into business, but maybe don't allow themselves to be as creative and as risk taken as they could be which then could bring great results for fear of failure that's right and entrepreneurs do take risks uh that's why they're called entrepreneurs if they weren't entrepreneurs then to be sat in a nine-to-five job working in a bank or an office somewhere mm. and and doing the standard so entrepreneurs um come in all shapes and sizes and ages and uh, nothing defines an entrepreneur other than someone who wants to get up and do something uh, and I actually swapped um, from from doing more business to doing more more volunteering side. So I, I don't make any money out of group hug whatsoever, uh, but I get a lot of satisfaction and a lot of happiness. 
Although lockdown rules are easing, we're still being encouraged to spend a lot of our social time outdoors this year. Well, today's mini feature comes from a business focused on helping people to get the most of the outdoors while having fun in the process. I'm Helen Coppin from Muddy Boots Walking Holidays. Me and my husband run, as I say, Muddy Boots Walking Holidays, which arranges self-guided walking holidays in the Yorkshire Dales. We're based in West Burton, which is where we live as well with our two little boys. Um, and it's designed really to offer offer, as I say, walking holidays, but not on your traditional long distance paths. They're routes that have been designed by us. We're trying to encourage people to really get under the skin of the Dales, explore slightly different areas, places people don't necessarily know. And we arrange accommodation, luggage transfer, take all the hassle out of planning trips. For one of the brilliant things about the Dales we've found since living here, it's just as a real, sense of community here which I think is not necessarily the case in a lot of places these days. It's a really lovely part of living here and there's so many great small businesses um, and I think it's really important that we all support each other in any way we can and working together and sort of increasing tourism, people visiting, making sure people are using all the local businesses is just really helpful for everybody. And so we work obviously with a lot of local accommodation, people who come here on our holidays stay in mostly local pubs and small hotels. We work with quite a few cafes as well with giving our customers recommendations of places to stop. Sometimes we agree discounts and things to try and encourage them to stop in certain places. We also work with a few local producers because we give our customers little uh, what we call walking survival packs, uh, little bits and bobs really to make their trip a bit more fun, a bit more relaxed. So snacks for them to take on their walks, uh, which are Yorkshire Dales small business products, um, which we hope works as a bit of advertising for those businesses and hopefully if people enjoy them then they'll they'll go back there. So we've got an opportunity to work with quite a lot of places which has been which has been really great. For us, it's been brilliant in lockdown because obviously walking was one of the few things you could actually do, so it meant we could still carry on working on our business. But also, I think lockdown has made quite a lot of people rediscover a real love of the outdoors, wanting to get into the outdoors, wanting to go for a walk, wanting to be in nature. I think everyone's realised again sort of how important it can be for physical and mental well-being to, to get outside in the countryside. Um, and hopefully our trips really allow people to do that in a way that they wouldn't necessarily do on their own. Hopefully things are going to start going, you know, a little bit, I don't like to use the word normal, but improve a little bit. Um, but hopefully people will still be wanting that, still enjoying the fresh air, really appreciating more. And while there are still restrictions in place, our trips do allow people to come come in their bubbles, it's all outside, social distancing is really easy to apply in the sense in our guided walks and our walking holidays. As we come to the end of the show, we always like to ask people um, for a tip, um, you know, their business tip. But one question I did forget to ask you beforehand is about your personal experience with mental health, because am I right in thinking that part of the reason you started the app is because of your own past experience with mental health as well? 
Yes, uh, for over 10 years, I suffered from anxiety and depression. Uh, started back in 2008 uh, with a loss of a very close family member to cancer, followed by my dad in 2012 and other family members in between time. And gradually, I slipped into uh, getting depressed and anxiety uh, mm-hmm. really kicked in. And it wasn't until around about 2016 that I started to address that through counselling. Right. I paid for counselling myself. And then sort of two years later, part and parcel of that was to relocate uh, to somewhere where I loved. And the mm-hmm. Dales is where I wanted to be. So that in itself was quite a get up and go. I moved here all by myself. Um and started a new life really yeah yeah okay um thank you for sharing that and um that nicely leads us into our final question where actually if there's somebody who's listening to this podcast maybe they would either love to live rurally or they live rurally and they'd love to do something to make a difference here what would your advice be to them i've had many people say i quite envy where you live and my answer to that is always well you could actually live here as well. What's to stop you? Uh, you can find jobs here in the Dales, even though it's you know rural and everything's spread out. There's still opportunities for jobs. So really nothing should stop you. Um, probably more logistically family, but if you come in towards uh, the area where, say, family are growing up and moving away, then put yourself first. Put yourself and put your mind and your happiness right at the forefront of your life because... You can keep other people happy all day long, but at the end mm. of the day, you must also make sure you're happy. If you're not, if you're not happy, you can't make other people happy. So it always starts with yourself. So I would say go ahead and do it. And if you live uh, or have moved here or you've lived in the Dales or rural places for a long time, then I'd highly recommend finding a local uh, club or, or volunteering opportunity locally and go along and offer your services. If it doesn't work out, it's not a failure. You just find somebody else to do. Or if you're like me, maybe you'll think of something yourself to bring to market um, where you live. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Well, Jonathan, it's been really, really nice talking to you. Thank you for sharing with us all that you've been doing over the past year. You're definitely an inspiration. So yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you're doing. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Sharon. It's been a pleasure.